0: Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello, and welcome to another episode of everyone's favorite rookie show, the DWZ, the Dynasty War Zone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and today we are going to be talking about some UDFA targets to stash before the summer OTA hits. So these are going to be players that based off of the contracts that they immediately signed in OTA, uh, not OTAs, in UDFA signings on teams as the priority free agents of this rookie class that I'm interested in. Um, These aren't guys that I'm drafting. I'm not (laughs) telling you to draft them. Uh, I'm just saying if you're drafting early, and you have deep, deep roster spots, or you have open taxi squad spots, and you already went through your four-round rookie draft, these are some guys to keep your eyes on, um, potentially to stash, and potentially to use later on down the road if they end up getting any type of sniff of the work in the regular season. Um, We're always looking for those upside players, so I figured I'd do a quick little hitter episode on these just to get you guys kind of warmed up for some of the off-season chat and some of those, uh, you know, scavenging searches that we all do during the offseason after everyone's kind of picked through the rookie waiver wire. Um, I'm also going to be talking about some people that are falling outside of just the general top 48 players drafted based off of ADP currently for rookie drafts through the first two weeks that we're looking at of ADP data. Um, There's quite a few big named guys that are not getting drafted um, (laughs) in a lot of leagues apparently due to their ADP currently. So I figured I would talk about some of those players and just kind of take a look at who I think should be on rosters at any given moment. Um, yeah, so without further ado, um, like I said, most of you know, but my name's Sal, you can find me on Twitter at Glor, and let's just jump into the UDFAs to stash. At the quarterback position, there's no one. Um, I would strongly suggest not attempting to spend any type of fab budget or acquisition time that it would take you to add any of these quarterbacks that did not get drafted. Um, We all talk about it on a a regular basis right now of how if you are a rookie Uh, who falls at the quarterback position outside of basically the first three rounds, you're pretty much dead um, from a fantasy standpoint for most people and in most formats, and that's kind of the case. Very seldom do you see a UDFA quarterback ever do anything successful for an NFL franchise. That continues this year. Um, pretty much all the guaranteed money was split between two players, and that was either Carson Strong or Jack Cohn. I actually liked Jack Cohn before the NFL draft. I had ranked higher than Carson Strong, but he goes to Indianapolis. He's going to be sitting for multiple years, and Matt Ryan is there, realistically, going to hold the job for a couple of years. But if stuff starts going south with uh, Matt Ryan, this one season in Indianapolis. You could see the exact same situation that we saw this year with them kicking Carson Wentz out and them drafting a quarterback next year, so I would waste, obviously, a free agent acquisition on either one of those players. At the running back position, I have two players, and they're two guys that I talk quite a bit at length before the NFL draft. Um, They are my two true runners that I liked that I had higher than quite a few people. And it's probably no shock that I'm telling you guys to pick these guys up. But it's also because of the teams that decided to select them. Uh, The number one priority free agent in UDFA pickups post your rookie drafts right now is Abram Smith. He was immediately picked up by the New Orleans Saints. Following the NFL draft, he was their first signing, as well as the next guy in the running back category was for his team. Uh, He is, without a doubt, my number one priority to add in the UDFA category, post-rookie drafts, like I said, and he currently projects as the RB3 on the New Orleans Saints, behind Alvin Kamara and behind... Mark Ingram. The thing is, Mark Ingram is 33 years old. That's all that's standing between him and regular touches in an offense that notoriously splits the rush work due to trying to keep Kamara fresh. But there's also the looming suspension, realistically, that we're going to see for Alvin Kamara going into this year, and he's proven to be a little bit injury-prone over the last two seasons, missing a couple of games each. So if he gets a window, or if Mark Ingram ends up getting cut because he looks good in camp, or just he ends up getting touches over a Mark Ingram, which is very viable and very well could happen in this offense considering how Tony Jones Jr. last year got touches over Mark Ingram at certain stints. You could see him explode with the opportunities because it's been proven in college that he was extremely productive when given the opportunities. Um, He's a draft darling that I'm not going to just let fade away. Sorry, guys. Um, But if you have availability on your taxi squad or deep, deep, deep benches, I strongly suggest picking up, up now before the OTA periods hit and before he starts getting any of that steam kind of like a James Robinson did late in the summer last year to where (laughs) you're not gonna be able to get him someone's gonna be sniping you on him realistically in the waiver priority the number two back is another guy that's a true runner and he was signing with the Philadelphia Eagles immediately after the NFL draft that was Kennedy Brooks Um, talked about it he was a true producer all three years in college if it weren't for his uh Sorry, if it weren't for the COVID year in 2020, he would have had 3,000 plus yard rushing seasons, plus another couple, about 600 receiving yards realistically over his entire career. Um, Very, very good numbers. He's the only bruiser right now that's on the Philadelphia Eagles running roster. They re-signed to a very cheap contract, Boston Scott, who everyone knows that I love, but Kennedy Brooks runs just as well as Boston Scott. They actually compare quite a bit in their rushing styles with the way that they're patient and the way that they just kind of always get the yardage that you want them to get on a regular basis. But the thing is, he's significantly bigger. He was their first signing, like I said, in that UDFA window and was an immediate priority for the team. It's unrealistic that he sees a lot of work as a rookie without an injury to Sanders, but we've seen it happen every year of Sanders' career. Him getting nicked up, and he would be an absolutely perfect complement to a Kenneth Gainwell in this backfield if Sanders were to go down. So it's just kind of a lock, especially if you have a Miles Sanders or a Kenny Gainwell. He's the type of back I would be trying to roster late on your, you know, late on your benches or in your taxi squads in a similar way that you would be basically rostering a Boston Scott on your team, keeping him there, stashing him there, taking a look at him. Worst case scenario, you're not spending anything on him because I'm telling you to pick him up now when all of these guys are dirt cheap and you're not going to have to spend anything on these guys. You could realistically get him for a zero bid on pretty much all of these players except for probably the next guy that I'm going to talk about in the wide receiver position. But right now, these are my targets. And for the running back position, there's two guys, Abram Smith and Kennedy Brooks, that I think are significantly better than the rest. And they accounted for over 70% of the guaranteed money combined of all running backs in the UDFA that was guaranteed money and signing bonuses. So Abram Smith and Kennedy Brooks, the teams want them, they value them, and they paid out to make sure that they signed with their teams. Going on to the wide receiver position, there are four wide receivers that I'm interested in based off of UDFA name and the fact of how much money they got and the opportunity that you're looking at. Number one for me and the biggest priority at the wide receiver position should be Justin Ross. I'm honestly shocked that he didn't really get drafted in a lot of leagues even late that I was in. Um, I've completely completed two rookie drafts thus far, and he didn't go in either one of them. I was able to pick them up in one, and I'm waiting on the waiver on the other one, so we'll see how that goes. But he is the biggest boom-bust talent player that is probably in this entire draft class, is what we were deciding before the actual draft happened, and definitely in this UDFA period. If he's healthy, realistically, he should make the 53-man roster as the wide receiver four or five on Kansas City, even after bringing in Skymore, and he could be on a team that's always looking for these move pieces these big towering guys that have the speed and that's what justin ross is if he's healthy um, brett Veach just recently came out and said that he passed all of his medicals with the team he looks good his foot injuries in the past and he's all systems go for the rookie minicamp um, he has no long-term commitment on the team obviously because He actually didn't get any guaranteed money in his contract, except for injury-specific ones. But the team also has no long-term commitments to any of the guys currently on the roster outside of Sky Moore, who they selected in the second round of the draft. Um, They're in the last year of Mecole Hardman. They could get out of the Marquez Valdez-Scantling contract for basically no dead money after this year, and Juju only signed that one-year contract. So realistically, you could be looking at Justin Ross having a starting contract role on the Kansas City Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes in the 2023 season if he's able to stick on the roster and as a UDFA that you have to take for, like I said, maybe a couple of your fab dollars. uh, I'm taking that risk all day, every day, this early in the offseason because this is probably going to be the cheapest that you can get him unless he gets cut prior to the season. Number two at the wide receiver position for me is Makai Polk. Um, he's a big boy coming out of Mississippi. He's six foot three, two 205 pounds, and he landed with the Baltimore Ravens as an immediate priority UDFA signing. It's a target-deprived team after they let go of Hollywood Brown. They didn't draft any wide receivers in the actual NFL draft of note, and he's the only one now on the roster that kind of fits that big troop prototypical X role. Um, The team is constantly attempting to fill that X role since they've basically gone underneath John Harbaugh's discretion as the head coach, and they haven't been able to do it to any type of avail. But currently, Rashad Bateman and Devin Dunei project as the top two wide receiver options on the team, and you could realistically see Makai Polk get worked in, especially since they just recently cut the only large-bodied wide receiver that they did have on the team in Miles Boykin. Um, So looking at him, I'd be paying attention to this, just this offense in general to see what happens. Um, They're not realistically going to be playing for tight ends. So anyone that's hoping that Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, uh, Charlie Kohler, RIP, and Isaiah likely can all be productive at the tight end position, I wouldn't expect that. It's more realistic that one of these flyer UDFAs or someone they bring in later um, might be more advantageous. So again, this is probably their cheapest. You're going to get a guy like Makai Polk. You can pick him up for nothing, stash him on your deep taxi or deep bench, and hope that he pans out for you. Another target is a guy that I had in the same court, uh, category as Mr. Valus Jones Jr. Um, the only difference is Mr. Valus Jones Jr. got third round draft capital, and this guy went as a UDFA. It is Trey Turner, Trey Turner out of Virginia Tech. Um, he lands with the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's an athletic freak, kind of in the same vein of what we see with a Valus Jones. He's actually a little bit younger, um, and it's going to a team who's missing a true proven deep threat at wide receiver. They brought in Deshaun Jackson last year with that attempt, obviously couldn't pan out. Henry Ruggs' suspension after the DUI, you know, vehicular manslaughter situation that was rough. They've just constantly been doing it for decades, attempting to find that deep threat roster turner on the outside and rolls up for grabs again uh the brian edwards experiment is pretty much dead in my opinion they didn't draft anyone that could fill the role so you're looking at trey turner who realistically is probably going to end up getting on a practice squad for them if not a deep end of roster stash so he's a great pickup really cheap and best balls if you're able to pick those up before the season starts on your um free agent rosters But for me, Trey Turner is like a deep stash that I'm kind of intrigued in if you're in those deeper like 30-man benches type of situation. He's a guy that I'm stashing on my taxi squads. Uh, The last wide receiver of note for me is Mr. Kevin Austin. Um, He actually accounted for one quarter of all the guaranteed money given to UDFA wide receivers post-draft. Um, he fits an archetype for Jacksonville. Um, coming out of Notre Dame, he's the big-bodied 6'3", 215 wide receiver that blew up the combine, had some of the best measurables and best testing out of any of the wide receivers at the combine. He just didn't have that production at Notre Dame to truly get drafted. Um, Jacksonville, hes they like that archetype. They like the big-bodied, deep threat wide receivers, and they constantly try to find a guy that can be that true X on the outside. Right now, it's still Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones is aging. He'll be 33 this season. They just let go of DJ Chark, and they don't have anyone else on the roster that actually fits that need. Um, the team has come out multiple times and basically said that they are going to make Christian Kirk their true Z, their move piece, and the option that they can get multiple, multiple, plus 100 targets to on a yearly basis. Realistically, you're looking at a lot of move pieces like Zay Jones, um, like Leviske those type of guys, uh, Cedric Wilson, to kind of play that underneath short dump-off role, and then just Marvin Jones on the outside. So a guy like this could be a backup on the team if there's an injury. It's just a smart stash based off of the amount of money that they paid him, uh, the pre-draft hype, and just the athletic measurables in general. So Kevin Austin with Jacksonville, and not huge on him, but these are UDFA guys, like I'm saying, so these are taxi squad stashers, and once you get out of the NFL, draft and out of your rookie drafts, these are just kind of the top names. Um, The tight ends are the exact same as the quarterback. There's pretty much no one that I would be stashing out of the tight end position on any of my rosters. Um, The tight end, Jalen Widemeyer out of... Ole Miss, um, no, not Ole Miss, sorry, Texas A&M, went undrafted, went to Buffalo. People are kind of attempting to add him is what I've seen in a couple of rosters just due to the fact that he's paired with Josh Allen. But the thing is, they brought in O.J. Howard this offseason. They already have Dawson Knock, who's proven to be an explosive option at the tight end position. It seems like a big reach and a big waste of your time in general to add them onto your roster. So that was kind of a quick hitter, like I said, to go over the UDFAs. Now it's time to go over the players that currently aren't getting drafted based off of ADP in leagues and just kind of touch on some of those guys and who should be added. Um, We'll start with the tight end position just because there are quite a few tight ends actually on this list that should be added immediately following your NFL drafts as priority free agents, especially in tight end premium. Um, The top four tight ends that are currently on the board um, after your rookie drafts, even in tight end premium right now, are four guys that I think that desperately need to be added onto rosters. You're looking at Cole Turner with Washington um, coming in potentially as a young replacement for a guy like Logan Thomas. He is a great blocker and a great move tight end when given the opportunity. You have one of my fan favorites, Jake Ferguson, who landed in Dallas. You still have Dalton Schultz on a franchise tag this year, so if they do not resign him, he's the tight end two currently on the roster, and he's proven that he could be a perfect Jason Witten-esque tight end prospect for your team. Um, Charlie Kohler, everyone knows he was my tight end, too, prior to the NFL draft. I know they brought in Isaiah Likely, but for some reason Isaiah Likely is the only tight end that's being drafted for the Baltimore Ravens, even though... You're looking at a guy like Charlie Kohler, who got better draft capital than Isaiah Likely did on the same offense. If you're looking for that tight end upside, I would much rather go with a Kohler, who's athletically explosive, has all the production you could possibly ask for at the tight end position, is a lot more well-rounded than a guy like Isaiah Likely. And then you still have K Kay Kaydotton came in as a late day two pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a team that still doesn't have Gronkowski signed on the roster and all he has to do is beat out Cameron Brait for the starting tight end role in a Tom Brady-led offense. That's all I gotta say guys on the tight ends. Uh, He needs to be on teams. Um, Another just one of note, Daniel Bellinger, like I said, he was my tight end seven post-draft. He's currently still going undrafted and he realistically could be the starting tight end for this Brian Dable-led offense that like to use Dawson Knox specifically in the red zone, so I'd be watching out for Daniel Bellinger and potentially be adding him as well at the tight end position. Looking at the running back position, that one's the most eaten up, is how I would say, of all the people. Um, the one that doesn't make the most sense to me, based off of where everyone else at the running back position went, uh, Kevin Harris right now is still going undrafted in rookie drafts right now and I get that he went after a guy like Pierre Strong I 100% like Pierre Strong more than Kevin Harris but they did take another running back they took two running backs pretty much covered their bases and realistically maybe just trying to replace the two running backs that are currently on their roster With Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, you would have a big boom guy and a big explosive guy on your team then to replace the Damian Harris, who's the workhorse grinder and kind of that explosive deep threat that you got from Andre Stevenson, who was able to break a lot of long runs last year. Um, Kevin Harris, I'm not expecting him to do a lot, but as a priority free agent for your rookies post-rookie draft, I think it's a smart pickup. Another guy that I would be picking up and stashing would be Isaiah Pacheco. Um, came in with the last pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they brought in a couple of different running backs. Uh, they actually brought in Jerrion Ely as well post-draft, but both of them are explosive pass catchers. The thing with Isaiah Pacheco is that he is significantly larger than any of the other backs that are on the team, including Mr. Ronald Jones, and realistically could get some of that goal line work if he makes the 53-man roster. So as a deep stash, you could realistically get him getting the replacement to CEH. I know that's a long shot. I'm not telling you that that's what you're getting, but he's a guy that I would be interested in at the price. Um, I also talked about this a little bit on my episode two weeks ago, but I'm interested as to what's going to happen behind Jonathan Taylor at the running back position in Indianapolis. There are the first three free agents that Indianapolis brought in in the UDFA period were all running backs. They brought in Devonta Price out of um, University of Southern Florida. They brought in Max Borgie out of Washington State. And they brought in, ooh, what was the other guy's name? I'm going to keep blanking on this, but it's going to kill me. Um, they also brought in another running back immediately following, and they're all pass-catching running backs that have been shown to be explosive in the past game. So you're looking at potentially a Naheem Himes replacement, trying to get out of that contract that I think they regret at this point, and one of these guys is realistically going to make the roster, and one of them is realistically going to start to eat into that pass game work, which in a PPR format, getting one of those guys super cheap right now could be extremely advantageous for you. As for the wide receiver position, there's a couple of standout names for me when I'm looking at the people on the current undrafted list. The number one target for me is Kyle Phillips. There's been a lot of talk already out of Tennessee from rable of how they see him as their slot wide receiver especially with aj green being out of the house right now and he could have a sizable role as a rookie him going undrafted doesn't make sense when you compare some other wide receivers that are getting drafted like a danny gray who's a move piece or even like i don't know um let's see someone in the third like a calvin austin who realistically isn't going to see any more targets than a guy like Kyle Phillips will. Um, So I wasn't huge prior to the draft with Kyle Phillips, but he fits a role and he fits it well for Tennessee. Um, Another name to consider. I know it's not super popular name and it's not one that we're all well kind of accustomed to is how I would phrase it. Um, But Jalen Naylor did get drafted in the fifth round to Minnesota. And I know we like KJ Osborne last year in the role that he was able to play, but you're looking at Jalen Naylor and that's basically what... He does. So if for some reason KJ Osborne didn't earn the trust of the Minnesota Vikings new staff in this offseason period, which may be the case with bringing in Jalen Naylor, or maybe they're just looking for that wide receiver five option, he's a guy that might be worth a stash post rookie draft, like I was saying, and it's just kind of important to keep an eye on that situation because the wide receiver three, although we don't like to think it's super productive with Kirk Cousins, has seen a good amount of work specifically on the deep shots because they do like that deep target with Kirk Cousins and that play action heavy offense. But guys, um, this was basically my deep sleeper targets. My UDFAs, like I was saying, and those immediate post-top-48 ADP draft players that we're seeing in these early rookie ADP data. And so these are guys I'd be targeting right now for little to no FAB budget that may end up hitting big. Uh, If we hit on even one of these names that I'm telling you to going into next season as a regular flex or a deep second flex starter on your team on a regular basis, you're going to be happy that you picked them up right now. So that would be my suggestion of what you do. As always, this has been the DWZ and Dynasty Warzone Rookie Rundown. I'm your host, Dallas. And until next week, have a great time, guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.